Welcome back, guys. We are going to talk about 1099s today because it's a hot topic right now with the end of the 2023 tax season. It's a hot topic, right, Marit? It's a hot topic, and I think there's a lot of confusion because there are quite a few different 1099s that you can receive or that you need to pay out. People are confused. Will I get one? Do I need to give one? So I think we should definitely break that down, kind of try to explain them a little bit more so that our subscribers can figure out what the heck is going on when they receive one or when their CPA tells them you needed to file a 1099 for this person. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that receive them this year that maybe even didn't receive them before, especially with Instagram and TikTok doing, um, paying out for things like Instagram. I think it was 2023 when they started paying out for reels for the first time. So that was a really big thing. A lot of people are now going to be making income off of that. So if you made over $600, which is that secret special number, you're going to be seeing a 1099. It's true. And I think a very good indicator that you might receive a 1099 is if the company asks you for a W-9. So Instagram, when you start to sign up to monetize, they want all of your tax ID number, all of your tax ID information, and you'll have to fill out a W-9 before they even pay you. So that's your first indicator because the W-9 is going to give them the information that they are going to then take to put on your 1099 for the services you provided. So if you're having to give um, a payment processor or a social media um, platform your information on a W-9, then you probably most likely can expect to get a 1099 if you make any money over $600. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I do personally with like Instagram and TikTok and stuff, all those apps, I use my business tax ID number on my W-9. I don't even use my personal social security because everything runs through my business. Right, right. I like that. And, you know, on the other side, you're if you own a business, then you need to issue the 1099s if you are paying someone and they're offering you goods or services you also are going to want to be collecting those W-9s on your side. But I think a lot of business owners, they don't understand, you know, when they're supposed to collect the W-9 and when they're supposed to issue the 1099. And the IRS has some pretty clear cut rules. If you're in business, you know, looking to make a profit and you are working with another business owner or individual um, then and you're in it to make a profit, then you're most likely going to want to give them a 1099. Yeah. And that was one thing I didn't even realize that I needed to do. So when we were talking about this ahead of time, I was, I had no idea. I was surprised myself. So you learn something new every day. So that's kind of why we're here. We're here for those, those tax tips. Yeah. And you want to get the W-9 because then it's going, as a business owner, you're going to be able to deduct that expense. So I hired this person or this vendor or this contractor to come help me in my business. I want to take that as a business expense. I, you know, I want to reduce my income. And so you really want to get that W-9 to, sh to show that you're doing the right thing and that you're filing the right paperwork. You're substantiating your expense. But I recently came across um, an issue with an OnlyFans client who wanted to um, deduct her management company expense and they were pushing back on her about filling out a W-9 and, you know, they weren't a corporation. They weren't in the exempt category because there's a few uh, when you do business with some businesses, you don't have to file the 1099. 
they weren't in there. So technically she needed to give them that 1099 so she could deduct the management fees, but they disappeared off the face of the planet. And I've actually seen this with a lot of other clients too. So knowing that you need to get the W-9 right from the start is really best practice as a business owner. Yeah. And with that too, if you if you feel like maybe you're going to need to do this at the end of the year, you might need to file a 1099 with somebody you've worked with. Get the W-9 in the beginning. That would be like, I mean, for me, that would be like my best advice to anybody. Get the W-9 in the beginning. If you don't exceed $600 with that person, then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to file a 1099, but at least you're covered up front if somebody pushes back like the person that you're mentioning. Yes. And we've found ways, you know, to, you know, substantiate the expense, document it, try to take it without the W-9. So you can just print it out from the IRS website and then you can either send it to Adobe, you can send it through Adobe to your contractor, or you can do it the old school way. You can print it out and give it to them to sign. And then you have that information once it comes to filing 1099s. For yeah, then you're business. covered. But you, there's a whole other side to this, Kristen, that is, I've actually done videos about this on my Instagram, which is you can actually over 1099 someone. You have to make sure that these people are actual contract subcontractors or vendors, and they're not actually an employee that you're trying to 1099 just to get out of doing payroll, which is oh. the whole other side of the coin because the IRS really does not like it when you get out of paying your payroll taxes as an employer and you're putting all the payroll tax on a subcontractor if they're really technically an employee. And then also the Department of Labor becomes an issue and their State Department of Labor where you need to be providing people that are acting in an employee capacity, certain benefits and um, doing things that it kind of becomes a sticky situation. So there is also you can 1099 someone when you're not supposed to. Oh, well, I see what you're saying. Well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's not good. That's not cool from a um, business owner standpoint. If I'm working with somebody and they're trying to get out of, um, yeah, I, that's not okay. <laughs> Especially when it comes to payroll taxes, you know, doing a W-2 for someone who's working for you versus a 1099 as an employer, it's going to cost you more money in payroll tax. And so people start to get slick and they're like, well, no, you know, it's not my employee. They're a contractor. That's all well and good. But I am telling you, if there is one thing our viewers can take from this video, do not mess around with payroll taxes and the IRS. It is one of the areas that they might have a lag time for other, you know, departments. But when it comes to the payroll department, payroll tax department, I don't know what that's called. They are on it. They there's no offers and compromise for payroll taxes that they need to recover. There's pretty much no room for error there. So if you're doing payroll, you're doing things the right way. Make sure that you have someone helping you so that you're paying your payroll taxes. And if you're filing a 1099, make sure you're not pushing it and you really should be paying payroll taxes. That's a good way to describe it. Put Because then you're pushing, your, you're pushing the taxes you should be paying for payroll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and payroll is expensive. So another reason why always having a tax advisor in your corner when you're running a business, if you've been running a business and all of a sudden you want to take on employees, there are so many hurdles to jump. 
you know, you're done with the 1099, you're done with the contractor, you want to get employees now, you need to make sure that you have someone on your side who's going to help you with the payroll process. They're going to help you get everything set up regarding to your employees. It totally changes your tax situation. And I've seen businesses actually go under because they didn't account for the amount of expense that is going to come with putting people on payroll. You need to do a lot of um, forecasting and really figure out if it's something that you can afford. And I think people get stuck in this limbo where they're like, I really can't afford an employee. I'm just going to do a 1099 and subcontract out the work. But there's also a lot of other things of reasons why they don't like it. So you always just want to talk to a professional, um, especially if you're doing a lot of work with subcontractors or people kind of acting like employees. Make sure you get personal advice on that one. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people that are on all the different platforms, like I said before, like you have like Instagram, TikTok, then you have things like Patreon, OnlyFans. You're going to be getting, you're all going to be getting 1099s this year. And I know I've spoken to different girls in the past that have said, you know, I got this form. It's March. I got this form. It was my first year on OnlyFans and I don't know what to do with it. And I know me and Chris have looked at them like, um, girl, you got to file some taxes. <laughs> you have like legit responsibilities now. This isn't all fun and games anymore. Like you have to report all this income to the IRS now. And a lot of people are not prepared for that. Yeah, you're right. That's the purpose. The whole purpose of a 1099. It's not even for you. The 1099 is for the IRS. They want to know how much people are making and they're not really expecting you to report it on your own. I mean, if they didn't force you to tell them how much money you made, how many people would actually willingly go forward and be like, I just made, you know, $20,000 on OnlyFans. They might just want to pretend that that didn't happen so they don't have to pay the taxes on it. So that's why the IRS pushes these limits. And for this regular 1099 we're talking about, the limit is $600. So if you as a business are paying someone else, an individual or someone that isn't incorporated or an attorney, um, $600 or more, they want to know about it. So as a business owner, you're filing it, you know, to the IRS and then you're giving a copy to the person saying, hey, the IRS knows you made this much. So you're right now. It's no more fun and games. Now you need to look at it as you're a freelancer or you're running a small business. And this is where we start to actually say you've got this 1099. Now, the only thing you can do is start finding those deductions, take those expenses and do that tax strategy so that you can keep as much of this money in your pocket because they know about it now. And if it's not reported on the return, you will get a letter and they'll ask, they'll ask where it's at. Yeah. Where's this income. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations. You just became a small business owner. <laughs> I mean, on the plus side, that's fantastic. So now you have some place where you can take all these deductions and expenses and have fun with it and keep learning, which is great. But on the other hand, if you don't report it, like Marit said, the IRS is going to be knocking on your door. And I don't know, for those of you that don't know this, I used to work for the state of New Jersey and I was a tax investigator. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, <laughs> but we used to use something called LexisNexis. And that used to give us information as to the people that received 1099 or supposedly received a 1099. The government was let was informed that they that these people should have paid money on you know their tax returns. They didn't remit that information on their tax returns, and then we would send out letters, and they would have to come back to us as a state department and say, "Hey, this was not um, this was not my 1099," and prove prove it to us. Otherwise, you're guilty until proven innocent at that point. So the government has ways yeah. of finding out. 
oh, they have all the ways and they have the ways to make sure that the information's being reported to them. And actually, I have, as you were talking about that, I remembered, um, I have, so I remembered this story where I was doing taxes for someone and they were kind of, you know, not easy to deal with. The communication wasn't great. And they gave me their financials, their profit and loss. And then they also gave me copies of the 1099s. They were a small business. So they said, here's the 1099s we received. Here's our profit and loss. And I looked at the numbers and the income on the profit and loss was less than what had been reported on the 1099. And instantly for me as a tax practitioner, I'm like, there is no way that we can report the IRS is expecting, say, $50,000 that was on the 1099. You can't say for my gross income, I only made 40000 So I had to go back to the client and say, look, you need to talk to your bookkeeper or whoever is doing your books and um, adjust this gross income number. It's not even as much as the 1099. The IRS is going to ask where the rest of it is. And they didn't like it. And they were giving me some attitude. But that just brings me back to the fact that if you are a small business owner or a freelancer, you know, you have your side hustle, you get a 1099, you need to make sure that whoever's helping you with your taxes, compare the numbers on the gross income on your schedule C or on your business return and make sure that it's the same amount because, you know, I'm detailed. I look at the, uh, all of the numbers and make sure they match before I put it in. But I don't think every tax practitioner does that. And so it's up to you as the captain of your own ship like Kristen said, you're a small business owner, which is amazing. And I love it. And take that little bit of extra time to review your return and know what's on your 1099s and your other forms that the IRS has and realize if the IRS has them, your return needs to match it. Even if after that, then you start taking your expenses and you move forward from there. There are certain numbers that just, it has to match the computer system with the IRS versus what you put on your return. And that's your job to make sure that it matches. Yeah, absolutely. And really, when you're doing your own profit and loss, like I know for me personally, I use Excel, I use um, a system called Wave, and I'm going back and forth and I'm tracking it. But at the end of the year, when my 1099s come in, they're pretty close, but I go off of the 1099s because that's going to be that that's what the government has. So everything as close as it gets, those 1099s I'm sticking to. Yeah. I mean, it's a simple computer match at this point. There are certain yeah. things that just the IRS has automated. And if it doesn't match when you file your return and it doesn't match what they have, it'll get flagged and it will go to another department for review. From there, it might go to another. Do we really want our returns going for review because we're off a few thousand dollars? No, we don't. We want to have the same number that they have and then find our deductions, find our expenses and move forward from there in a way that doesn't raise alarms. Yeah. And if you're a 1099 employee now or you're just getting a 1099 and you have a small business, you have means for expenses now. So that's great, too. So you can deduct against your 1099 income. You may not have had that before. You may have been a W-2 employee and this could be the first time that you're dealing with this. But it's a it's kind of a good problem to have. I agree. I have people every year that come and they are stressed out about their 1099s. They're like, I don't know what to do. I've got to get my taxes done. I have this 1099. This is awful. And I'm like, 
let's find some silver lining here. Like, did you, for example, have you used your phone for your business or for your side hustle? Oh yeah, I use my phone a lot. Da, da, da. Well then let's deduct some of that. And you've even already paid that out of your own pocket. Let's take that as a deduction. Let's start to think about, you know, ways that you can make this extra money that you got 1099 for. And yeah, you might have to pay some taxes on some of it, but you, we can probably get it down a lot more than you think. And it's not, something to be so afraid of, you know, like you said, Kristen, it's a good thing. You want to have this extra income, you know, you want to build your retirement and you want to be able to use your side hustle or your small business to just further your life. It's, it's a really good thing. And I mean, the 1099, whatever, it's not something big to be stressed out about. Right. And you started your side hustle right now as a side hustle. It turns into a small business really quickly. And that's a really good problem to have. That's your silver lining. Let's talk a little bit about um, collaborations, too. I know we were talking a little bit about this off camera, but when like two people collaborate and make money on something like OnlyFans, when the money comes in, it comes into one person. So if you're giving some of that money, say you're making $1,200 and yet now you have to pay your friend $600 and this happens even multiple times throughout the year, is that something that I should be 1099-ing my friend who I'm collaborating with and making money with? Yeah, it is. And first things first is, is your friend coming in every day to your studio and you're saying, be here by eight and we need to, you know, do no, this I'm not. And <laughs> you're not. So, so no, no, because that would status. make her That's a W too. Exactly. That's the first thing you want to. So you're working with other people. Do you have control over what they're doing? Can you tell them when, when, are you telling them when to come, where to go? Are you buying her, you know, electronic equipment as a business expense for you? That's an employee. But in this case where you're just doing something with someone else and then the money comes into your business and you're going to give her half of it. If it's over $600, yes, you're going to want to issue her a 1099. You're going to want to have her fill out a W-9. You're going to say, I'm not going to pay all of the taxes on this collab. I'm giving you half the money. You pay taxes on your half. I'll pay taxes on mine. So yeah, 1099 in that case definitely is best practice. You want to do that for sure. Then that makes your deduction clear cut. You're like, I'm deducting 600 of this 12 because I gave it to her. This is my business expense. I'm not taking tax, paying taxes on it. And they have a 1099 on the other side. It's always about what's here, what's there. You know, what does she have, what what matches and what you can do for yourself, really? You don't want to give her the money and pay all the taxes on it. That's silly. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. No, no, not fair. 